You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M and it's prediction Friday. Let's go ahead and talk about what I think are the keys to victory for Texas A&M how they potentially could lose, and of course, my final score predictions. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day right here on Locked on Aggie. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube.com. Subscribe to the channel. We are trying to build it up, and we love having feedback from you. A lot of you are not subscribed, but it's okay. We can totally get you on board with that and much, much more content every single day. As always, I am Cole Thompson. I'm the host of the show, name right down there below, and I love public feedback. So anything you can do to make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12 man related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about this real fast. Texas A&M plays Auburn. They play host. This is a big game because it has multiple implications. I had to get a sip of coffee real fast. You know how early mornings go. AM ranks at number 14. Auburn ranks at number 13. Not only do they rank there, but in the AP poll, one ranks at number 11, uh, 12, one ranks at number 13. So basically, no matter how you put it, the winner of this game continues to move up the pathway into the realm of potentially making a New Year's Six Bowl game. And if not even a New Year's Six Bowl game, potentially the college football playoff. Because keep in mind that if Texas A&M were to win out, they would have a win over a top 15 Auburn, a win over number one Alabama, a win over number one Georgia, and a win over a top 15 Ole Miss team. And if um, Mississippi State continues to win out at 5-3, and three, one of their losses would come to a team that's probably if not ranked in the top 10, right outside the top 10, somewhere like at mm, 13, 14. So a loss to a top 15 opponent and wins over four top 15 opponents does work for Texas A&M. Now on the flip side, it's the same thing for the likes of Auburn. Now Auburn's loss does seem a little bit worse right now because Penn State is not ranked. But if Penn State can be ranked by the season's end, that loss does not feel that bad. Then you go ahead and you beat Auburn. I mean, you beat Georgia after they were number one. You get a win over the number one team. You beat Alabama, another top four team probably at the time when you go play them in the Iron Bowl. You get a win over Texas A&M, who's a top 15 team. You get a win over an Ole Miss team that was technically ranked top 10 at the time. So you're winning games. And you also have another win. So that'd be five total wins over top 20 opponents with Arkansas, who was ranked number 17 before the college football polls came out. So, that's what's at stake for both teams. Now, what are the keys to victory for Texas A&M if I'm looking at this from a perspective? I talked about this on yesterday's show, and I'll talk about it again. You have to stop the run. Everything that you do in practice, if you are the defensive line, you meet 28, you meet number 6, you go ahead and shake their hands, you say, Heidi, how are you? I'm going to go ahead and knock your teeth out. It's the same thing, but be twice as violent. Because Jarquez Hunter and Tank Bigsby are basically doing the exact same thing at Auburn that Isaiah Spiller and Devon H. are doing at AM. It's very similar. And if you watch their game, they even mirror each other pretty significantly on how they play. Bigsby and Spiller, big, bold, burly, strong backs who are elusive in open space. You can't think that just because they can move outside the pocket, they're not elusive. Just because they're known for <laughs> smacking the crap out of people does not mean you get them in open space, they can't 
juke and jive and spin around and find a way to the end zone. They can't. We've watched it happen with both of these players. And both of them are the lead backs. Both have over 100 carries this year where Hunter and A-Chain mirror each other under 100 carries. The difference between those two is because of you get so many carries, your yards after contact and your yards of scrimmage per play are very limited. Right now you have Spiller, he's averaging about 6.2, and Bigsby, who's averaging about 5.4. On the flip side, it's more big playability from Hunter, like you see from A-Chain. With Hunter, he's leading the SEC in yards after play at 7.7. With um, A-Chain, he's right behind him in number two at 7.1. And you tie that all together, what you're doing is you're now saying you're going to go ahead and wear down A&M's defense and then go ahead and take a shot. And it's very similar. Look at how Jimbo Fisher utilizes the run game. Every single snap. Spiller, 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 first series over. Spiller, 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 second series over. Third series, A-Chain. It's the same thing. Bigsby, Bigsby, Hunter. And every once in a while, the difference between the two is Hunter will be sprinkled in on that first and second series. But it's like one play. And so he's testing the defense. He's going, hey... Hi there. Yoo-hoo. Uh, we're about to ready to run on you. We're going to wear you down. This is what you can prepare for. And you just can't. A-chain is used because what you do is you force the defense to feel the pressure and they're tired because it's a three and out on the next series. And then you catch them off guard and you go break one out for 25 yards, 35 yards. That's what Hunter does. Bigsby wears them down. Hunter picks up the pieces. Very similar to what happens with Devon A-chain and Isaiah Spiller. Spiller wears them down. And uh, A-Chain picks up the pieces, goes for the home run hit. Go ahead and just pencil in if you're Mike Elko. What 28 and 6 do during practice, what we see on the daily, what happens there? That is exactly what's going to happen if you are Auburn. Auburn is going to do the exact same thing. Now, the second thing that I think that a needs to do is force Bo Nix to be uncomfortable. Do you remember last season? Do you remember what happened last year when Bo Nix was actually considered an overrated prospect and that he should transfer? People were calling for Nix's head. People wanted Nix gone from the planes because he was uncomfortable. He never once felt comfortable in Gus Malzahn's system. You know whose system he does feel comfortable in? Mike Bobo's. Mike Bobo's system allows him to play his style of game near to perfection. Not a lot of mistakes, lots of dump passes. Lots of plays that kind of end in, what's the best word I can put in this? Um, lots of plays that end with his team not getting the football, but not a lot of turnovers. Notice that. Auburn is actually number one in the SEC in total in fewest turnovers. They are four, five, four or five turnovers, two interceptions, like three fumbles. They don't because Nick's resets. He doesn't go back to what he was doing. Instead of trying to force things down the field or do too much, whoop, out of bounds. All right, let's just restart it. Let's restart the clock. Let's figure it out again. That's a mature quarterback. That's something that Nick's did not have last year. You have to make him force some things. You have to play good coverage, which is the good news is that you can because the wide receivers at Auburn are atrocious. And I, that's not an insult to Kobe Hudson. That's not an insult to Demetrius Robinson. But more of an insult to the lack of extra talent around them to where I think I think all of them could actually be very successful 
if they weren't all trying to be the number one guy, if they were trying to be the number two guy, the number the number three guy, I would actually actually think that their numbers are pretty good. But the fact that they're all like 300, 315 yards, and the only separation is like maybe six or seven yards between the two, they're, none of them are number one receivers. And by this point of the season, you would expect to have at least 700, maybe 800 yards if you are a really good passing offense, which you're not. But that means that when Bo Nix gets the opportunity to pass, you have to take that away. You have to take that element away. You have to force him to run, Hunter to run, and Bigsby to run. And that means by closing the gap, playing really good in coverage, and having a good pass rush. Tyree Johnson is supposed to be back. He's leading Texas A&M in sacks. I think at the same time, you also have to consider DeMarvin Leal probably playing a little bit more than Michael Clemens, maybe you know mix, mixing them in on plays. I would possibly play a little bit more McKinley Jackson. Actually, I'd play a little bit more Shamar Turner. I think that he's done a better job this season, kind of bull rushing right now. I would play Jaden Peavy really heavily against the run on plays where it's not the run. I would probably play Jackson because if you want that bull rush pass, so Turner and him coming up a gap, kind of bulldozing over the center and the guards who are veterans. They have been there. They have starting experience to be able to get that type of pressure up the middle and then Clemens and Leal or Clemens and Johnson or Johnson and Leal or something like that. That's the way to win. Those are the two biggest keys to stopping Auburn's offense from doing a dang thing. And I mean anything. That is the biggest key. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving customers since 1965. McDonald's has always been a place that's more tasty and affordable food. It's just great for friends and family to reconnect. It's a place where you go to study, pick up an ice-cold vanilla milkshake, dip your fries in it. It is a delectable treat that everyone loves. After a football game, go ahead and get yourself a big double quarter pounder and an ice cold beverage to pair up with those delectable fries. You know you love it. I know you love it. It's a place you always look forward to stopping by on a load on a long road trip, resting your legs, getting and stretching, and refueling your body. I go there usually once or twice a week, get myself a sausage McMuffin. It is delicious. I wake up at three in the morning when I go there. It's 6 a.m. It gets me going through my workout along with Built Bar. Those are the two products I have. They're absolutely delicious so make sure you go ahead and stop by mcdonald's tell them locked on aggie sent you and maybe who knows one day we'll have an official watch party sponsored by mcdonald's with locked on aggies i'm loving it this episode of Locked On Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar is not only delicious, but it's also a very nutritious treat? And if you haven't had it before, no problem. Most protein bars are covered in a chalky, waxy type of taste, but instead, Built Bar does more. Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate and soft and easy to chew. Plus, they have every unique variety flavor out there. So whether you're into coconut, almond, mint, brownie, salted caramel, cherry barcia, or any other delectable flavor, they got you covered. Go visit BuiltBar.com and type in the promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your very next purchase. That's LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Lock on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, three players to watch for for Texas a and I'm going to go ahead and give you a surprise one in this, in this first one at number three. It's Leon O'Neill. Because Leon O'Neal recently has been playing more of like a rover type role. They don't really mind playing nobody deep. They're actually switching him and Damani Richardson out a little bit from time to time. They also are bringing in an extra cornerback from time to time. I'm very interested to see what he does. Because like I said, I think in yesterday's show, I said in yesterday's show, 
I feel like you need to have that linebacker be that last resort type of player. I feel like because of the way that Hunter and Bigsby can get yards after the scrimmage and after the line of scrimmage, you need to have somebody who can play that teeter line. And to me, I don't know if Edron Cooper can do it. I do not know if um, if uh, Andre White can do it. I don't know if Aaron Hansford can do it. But I do know for a fact Leon O'Neal can do that. He's physical. He's trying to, quote-unquote, wake him up. He wants to set the tone, and he isn't afraid to get his body dirty. That's the biggest adjustment I've seen from him the past two years. He's getting more and more physical, not really worrying about the finesse, more so worrying about the physicality. I think that scouts are starting to look into that. This will be a game where I think if he can show that he can play the run, it's only going to boost his draft grade up. I talked to a scout friend of mine. What was it? Um, Tuesday this past week. And he said that right now he's playing himself into a day two category and arguably in a weaker safety class, he could end up being the number two safety. So that's a name I'm really going to be watching for. Number two, I'm going to go to Mondemus. I really am. And the reason why is because of, I want to see a big time shot. I feel like the way to beat Auburn is by not doing what Auburn does. And Auburn does not take a lot of shots. They run the football consistently. They try to pass on third down. They try to continue to pick up third down conversions. They try to go ahead and go for short. They're not afraid of every once in a while taking a deep shot, but it's like one or two. It's like one or two deep shots a game, and then they're kind of done. They're just going to go ahead and trust what they know. They're bread and butter, bread and butter, and it works. That's why they're six and two. Demon Demas can blow past anybody. In my opinion, Demond Demas can absolutely get the tor- can get the torch off, and Roger McCreary is probably going to be the guy who covers him at some point during the game. I would love to see Demond Demas just break off. Zach Calzada hit him in stride. Zach just hit him in stride. Literally, if you think that you're about ready to overthrow him, just barely do what you're going to do. Don't let him slow down. Hit him in stride. I could see him getting two or three really big time plays in this game. I could see him probably averaging like 20.2. You have to be able to beat Auburn at something that they don't know. And the offense ran at Texas A&M is different. I will admit it is different because they do run a lot of 12 man personnel at Auburn. You don't really see a lot of that. You see a lot of three receiver sets, a lot of 11 man stuff. Uh, You see a lot of motion. You see a receiver kind of start. They, uh, you know, Calzada will send him in motion to kind of get that speed up to where you kind of hit the flat area. That's something that you got to appreciate. That's something you got to really like. But when I look, you got to have something different. Take a couple deep shots. If you're winning a battle, and I'm telling you, Zach, look past your first read. If you just look past your first read, and I mean just go one, two, one, got him, boom, you would probably have three touchdowns this year with Demond Demas. That's what you would. It's time to make up for it. I'm still not over in in the last time we were playing uh, when it was Auburn versus, I mean, A&M versus South Carolina. That 30, 40 yard play in the end zone to where Calzada just missed a wide open Demas. You're going to be able to have that matchup. The other cornerback across from uh, Roger McCurry is not that great. You want to be able to make that play. Demas, if you got to play him in the slot and thread the needle right over the middle, Kyle with Jalen Weidemeyer over Zacoby or um, Owen Papawi's head in coverage. Do that. I mean, let the kid fly. Take some deep shots. Don't be afraid to go ahead and make some big-time plays. Demas has the ability to do that. But number one, number one to me is Tyree Johnson. Tyree Johnson's playing hurt, but he's also playing himself into a high NFL draft grade. And if he wants to come back, sure, he probably could. And he would easily be a first-round pick or an early-edge first-round pick should he return for one more season in college station. But like you saw with Michael Clements last year, kind of have 
that breakout season. Six sacks. He's got six sacks. He's playing lights out. And the one thing you want to do is pressure Bo Nix. You want to make him feel uncomfortable. Any quarterback that feels comfortable enough to play in their line of scrimmage, in their possession, and all those other things, it's not good. You want him to play uncomfortable. You need him to play uncomfortable. The way to win is by trusting that the run defense is going to be able to make plays, which I do think it will. The pass defense is going to be able to blanket receivers, which I think they will. But you got to pressure Bo Nix. Michael Clemens has done a decent job this year. DeMarvin Leal has done a very good job this year, kind of interchanging. But the consistent player, the one consistent guy, has been Tyree Johnson. He's winning battles at the line of scrimmage. He's gotten a lot quicker. He's a lot more agile. His vision to going up against an offensive lineman. He actually spoke about this, where sometimes he would go to the outside shoulder. Instead, he's waiting for the guy to kind of lean, goes inside, kind of swats and swims, breaks through, adds a lot of pressure right at the middle. And a quarterback can't, can't, cannot stop it. Like a quarterback can't even see it coming. And that's how a lot of his sacks have happened. He's gotten there, bringing him down, kind of wrapping up and wrapping up. That's a big thing. That's a really big thing. You're not going to be able just to knock down Jark Chris Hunter with a, or with a, or with something like that. You got to be able to tackle him. Johnson's the guy. Johnson is the guy that I am watching for consistently in this game. Before I give you my predictions on both the over, under, and of course my final score, let me tell you about betonline.ag. It is the number one source for all things that you need to bet from college basketball to college uh, football to the MLB postseason now over, but you can always go ahead and bet on free agency coming up, NHL, UFC, golf, and much, much more. Stop staying on the sidelines and get into the action, get daily picks, wagers, odds, and all things considered when you go visit betonline.ag. And when you use the promo code locked on, you receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit it's betonline.ag your online sportsbooks experts locked on aggies presented by the locked on podcast network thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day subscribe on itunes spotify youtube.com or the locked on podcast network let's go ahead and break this down auburn is i believe a touchdown underdog let's look up the line for that one auburn versus texas a&m Sorry, guys. I should have probably had that up beforehand. Auburn versus Texas A&M line. Yep, here we go. All right, so the Auburn spread in this game is um, uh, – oh, wow, only four and a half. Only four and a half. That actually is not that bad. So when I look at that, here's what I think of. What team is going to be able to run the football more efficiently? What team is going to get more third down conversions? And what team is going to go ahead and make more stops? Those are the three keys, in my opinion, to go ahead and covering the score. I could see this being a, uh, being legitimately a field goal team. I could actually see this kind of ending very similar to AM versus Alabama, where Seth Small comes out, gets a game-winning field goal as time expires, and Alabama, I mean, the other team from the Alabama State, uh, the Yellowhammer State, loses in stellar fashion. I could totally see that happening. I could also see AM or Auburn. And I'll be completely honest, I could see Auburn run away with this. If you cannot tackle Isaiah Spiller, Devon A. Chain, Jarquez Hunter, or Tank Bigsby, you're absolutely screwed. I'm not going to sit here tonight. You're screwed. You are in so much trouble. There's not a lot going for you. You have got to be able to find a balanced and consistent level of play tackling an open field. And if you can't, then you're going to probably lose by 10 plus points. I will say I will bet the over. I would take the points with Texas A&M because I do think Texas A&M will win this game, and I'll explain why in a second. But 
I wouldn't be shocked to not touch it. Personally, I just wouldn't touch it. In fact, I do a radio. You guys know about this. I do just saying it every single morning on Sports Map Radio. I don't usually touch these kind of games, especially games that where anything can happen and one play can be a deciding factor. One play could easily be a deciding factor for either side. I would not touch this game, but if I were a betting man, I think a touchdown is going to be the difference in this. I don't think it's going to be a field goal. So with that in mind, I will take Texas A&M at plus four and a half. If you are going to make the bet, I would keep it a low bet though. I really would. Now, the reason I think Texas A&M will win is because of the pass rush. I do. I think because of the way that the pass rush is playing and on top of that, the emergence of Deuce Harmon, the support and growth from (coughs) Mississippi State to Alabama to Missouri to South Carolina, the growth of Tyreek Chappelle on the outside taking over for Miles Jones has been fantastic. So that takes out Robertson. That takes out Hudson. (coughs) The other guys... uh, 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 Xavier Capers and I'm blanking on the other guy uh, as Sadrick something I'm blanking on his name will be covered in the middle in the slot by Antonio Johnson that means that Bo Nix is not going to have a lot of options and you're going to have to trust the run game I believe that A&M will get more stops on the ground especially converting on third and short when they're probably going to give it a big speed I think they will get more stops and the atmosphere of Kyle Field very similar to what happened on October 9th when Alabama marched into Kyle Field it's going to be the same way you're going to lose a couple counts. You're going to probably lose. You're probably going to have it be one of the loudest games of the year. It is a sold out crowd. Everybody is excited for this game. I believe it's one of only two actual matches between two top 25 opponents. So there's a lot of implications that go into this game. Home field advantage in a game like this is so influential and so important. Last year, Auburn wasn't doing well during this time. AM was thriving. Right now, both teams are really hitting its stride at the right moment. Auburn loses to Georgia. AM beats Alabama. <coughs> One is that win that propels you over to the top. One is that loss that says, listen, we are playing in lights out, win it all kind of mode. And both have worked. Home field advantage plays the biggest, I think, overall upset style in this game. So I'm going to go. Texas AM gets the win 31 24. That is the final 31 24. AM gets the win, and my player of the game, I'm going to say this, and I really hope I'm right on this one, DeMond Demas gets two touchdown catches. He beats one on a play of over 35-plus yards, and he gets one inside the red zone. That's going to be my prediction. That's going to do it for this edition of Lockdown Aggies. Make sure you're following us every single day on iTunes, Spotify, subscribe here on YouTube. Check us out at LockdownPodcast.com. I'll be back later on Monday to break down everything that went right, everything that wrong inside of college station and where texas a&m can go from here see you then remember this has been locked on aggies presented by the locked on podcast network